I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome into this week's episode of the Dublin and Denver podcast on the Mile High Report podcast network. My name is Michael McQuaid, joined with Colin Cronin and joined also by Stuart Roach after the Broncos lads get a win in the first game in MetLife Stadium against the New York Giants. 27-13 victory. Great start to the season. Um, And I guess the first time in a long time the the show, you know, it's, it's positive. We're out there and we've we've won a game, boys. We've won we've won the first game of the season in September. And yeah, Colin, welcome in. Yeah, it's nice to be celebrating an opening day win. Uh, obviously hadn't happened previously under Vic Fangio. A September win hadn't happened under Vic Fangio. So to get the win and look i think it's a win that was even more comprehensive than the scoreline suggests it was entirely the the broncos realistically the the giants were never in that game and yeah uh, for for us uh, plenty of of positives and uh lots to kind of digest over the the next few minutes before we look ahead to the jags Stuart, you must have been a happy man football back for the Broncos after not just seven months but nine months and to get the win and boot as well yeah good performance Mick um you know I think Colin touched on it last week where he said that it was a good time to play the Giants and I think it was um you know I mean I think by some distance their two best players are Evan Ingram and Saquon Barkley uh Barkley was miles away from being 
properly fit and Evan Ingram was injured. So, you know, our task was made easier. But the old adage is you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, I disagree with Colm to an, to an extent. I think that game was a lot closer than it ended up being because I think if, if you remember, it was 17-10 in the third quarter and the Giants were driving and they'd gotten quite close to our red zone when Daniel Jones did what Daniel Jones is prone to do. Um, and he fumbled at a critical moment. And then I think the Broncos pulled away and were quite comfortable. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it was interesting to see. I think for me, my, my fear was that Vic Fangio, Pat Shermer, and Teddy Bridgewater were going to be deathly dull. And to be fair, it wasn't it wasn't dull in any way, shape, or form. I think it looked like three guys, particularly Vic Fangio, who kind of realized that his seat is is already warm. Um, and to be fair to him, he doesn't seem like he's gonna die wondering. Um, you know, he's going for it and fourth down. He's 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 airing it out. You know, he's he's really going for it. He's gambling. I mean, you know, it was great to see. I think we all thought, hey, that was something that he was doing in the preseason because it was the preseason, but he continued it on during the other day. So listen, you know, exciting football, um and, and controlling the game with the offense was something that we have not had for a long time. And to be fair, what you did see was a pretty talented Giants defense being absolutely gassed by the time they got towards the end of the third quarter, which is something that I think we know as Broncos fan quite well for the last couple of seasons. We're a very talented defense, no matter how good they are. If they're on the field constantly, they they, they get wrecked and they start to miss tackles and miss assignments and stuff like that. You saw that with the Giants. So, yeah, so it was a, a really excellent example of the tables being turned um we did to to the giants what teams have been doing to us so you know long may it continue colin one of the things that stood out for me man was the fact steady teddy bridgewater comes in 200 yards two touchdowns zero interceptions the team the offense just seemed to i guess go up a gear with him a quarterback and i i'll, I'll hold my hands up i wanted drew lock to start and um, teddy bridgewater looked good he looked like he'd been there for a few years colin yeah, he did. He he did all of the things that they wanted him to do. There were, you know, I suppose last year, Locke particularly struggled with pressure in his face and Teddy managed to, to deal with that this weekend. They, he will face better pass rushes undoubtedly, but he he did, you know, he where when it really mattered, he, you know, was, you know, careful with the football he dealt with it under pressure and when it came to those uh fourth down you know conversions he was three three for three and i mean that going for that four down what was interesting was that was something we saw right across the the league more so uh on sunday than we had ever seen previously so I think for, for Teddy, you know, you, you have to say he did everything that had really been asked of him on Sunday. He will face tougher tests, though, not in the next couple of weeks, uh, I, I don't think. Um, but later in the season, absolutely. But it's nice, I suppose, to to be coming out of a game and just be saying, yeah, the, the QB did what, what we needed him to. Uh, to do in in this particular game and you know he spread it around as well um even when you know judy went off with the the injury of it and he hasn't gone to ir which is nice but the the passes were spread out and if kj hadn't had that drop 
you know, Teddy's stats would have probably been even more impressive. If, if, if KJ didn't have that drop, boys, like, he would have been over 300 yards. He would have been as good as Tom Brady against the Cowboys the overnight, actually. Stuart, staying on that drop, like, that's the only real negative from that game and also the whole duty situation. Are you as relieved as we are that this duty situation can only be three to four weeks? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the, the very optimistic version of it, Michael. I, I, I'd be surprised if you see him any sooner than six weeks, to be honest with you. I mean, I think unless something has changed dramatically today, uh, I, I think three to four weeks for high ankle sprain seems like you're risking the guy uh, re-injuring it because I think that's always been a problem with high ankle sprain. So I would give him as long as you can because, you know, like at one stage on Sunday even, you know, it looked like Jerry Judy was, was gone until 2022. So I think, you know, the fact that we even get him back in six weeks game, uh, six games times is, is an excellent result. You know, the thing with the, with, with the drop, um, that's the one criticism. I think the only criticism really you could have for Teddy was that he he didn't hit Hamler in stride. Hamler had to adjust and kind of turn back a little bit to try and take it in. He should have still caught it, but you know, a, a Josh Allen or somebody like that would have would have hit Hamler in stride. That's maybe a little bit of the lack of arms talent that Teddy might have. But I think he compensated with that with some sensational um, decision making and also some you know borderline miracle plays. You know, the the touchdown to Abado was was outrageous. Really, I do think a part of that was the fact. The Giants' defense was gassed at that stage, and they were, you know, normally Teddy would have hit the deck a lot sooner. But still, you know, the guy couldn't have done much more. Um, you know, I was with you. I wanted Locke to start. I, I would be a Teddy skeptic. I'm still keeping my my sort of counsel on that one for a while. We've seen this before. You know, what typically the Broncos have attempted to do now is get carried away and you know give Teddy a four year contract after week three when hopefully we rinse the Jets. And um, let's not do that. Let's remember we. Also saw something, you know, similar from the likes of Trevor Simeon early in the season. <laughs> that didn't work out too well. But I think, you know, look, Teddy, and I think one thing that's fair, because I've been a little bit negative about Teddy, and I think I'd like to sort of point it out. You cannot help but root for the guy, because he just comes across as a really good dude. Do you know what I mean? And people seem to react very positively to him. Um, there's been quarterbacks that we've had as retreads over the last year. You know, the most recent one, I think, the ex-Baltimore Raven. Um, who didn't come across as a particularly good dude and was very hard to root for, in my opinion. Um, Teddy is not like that to me. I think, you know, hey, I want a lock to start, but I'm, I'm going to sort of big enough to kind of go, you know what, if Teddy does well and continues to play like he does, brilliant. Fair play to the guy. It's a great story. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, the guy's done everything he could have asked. Let's see if it continues. Hopefully it will. And just on that, I think what was interesting was the fact that Teddy gave the pregame team talk, which uh, seems to have gone over pretty well. There was also a couple of clips that really stood out to me. Teddy with the entire going around the entirety of the O line. I thought that was really important. You know, it it it's so important that you the O line kind of are, are with the QB and even and look, I, I think the Giants have all sorts of problems with Daniel Jones, but. Um, the fact that, you know, when Simmons kind of accidentally caught him, his O-line were straight over there. That's the type of stuff you want to see. And you heard Stink on the broadcast talk about that. But the what, So I, I thought Teddy going around to all the guys was good. But also, look, we know 
Vaughn is is a cheerleader um, in uh, the the body of uh, an elite athlete, and he does a great job of bigging up all his teammates. No matter who's under center, Vaughn is going to big them up. But uh, on the sideline, um, if if maybe listeners have already seen it, but there's a great video of Vaughn talking to Teddy. Um, so it's not in front of the media. And uh, he, he just tells Teddy that he's doing a, a, a great job and, and to, to keep it up. And that's the, the type of thing that's uh, good to, to see. You know, we we roll into to Jacksonville, um, I think, full of... Um, confidence for the the next game which you know there there haven't been too many uh games in recent years where we've been going in going yeah i think we can you know we're capable as long as we show up as long as we don't underestimate them of putting on a, a real performance yeah and i i haven't felt as confident or as uh expecting a better broncos game in a long time i think you have that first week jitters against the giants and then you see what the guys can do and and, and i completely agree with you in regards to Teddy Bridgewater, he, he just looks so settled, but also the confidence the team has around him. And to see Von Miller doing that at the weekend was fantastic. Um, look, I think we need to stay on the offensive side of the ball for a second, sure, before we go to the Jaguars game. Melvin Gordon, 100 yards, 9.2 average, one touchdown. This team has got a good core now with Melvin Gordon, as much as I miss Philip Lindsay. Yeah, um, though to me, Michael, I would say, now in fairness, a lot of it was due to the fact that we got Teddy to throw the ball an awful lot. I didn't think we wrote, we didn't run the ball particularly well on Sunday. I think the the Melvin, the Melvin Gordon um, long touchdown run at the end skewed the stats very much. So up to that point, I think Melvin had about twenty five yards rushing. Um, Look, he, he's been great in training camp. He he is a fine running back. I think he's always going to be sort of associated with the guy who who kind of inadvertently forced Phil out the door, which is unfortunate because he's a damn fine player. Um, Javante Williams had a decent um, NFL debut. He he's a, he's a good player. Um, I mean, this is nitpicking though. In fairness, for me, you know, I think I think we we can run the ball. Look, we're going to be running the ball down Jacksonville's throat. We don't need to throw it as much as we did the the other night because. We can we can pull up yardage against Jacksonville. Jacksonville are a, a train wreck. I know we're going to come to that later on. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I would like to have seen us been able to run the ball. I think some of the issues we might have had was our our the one area that we struggle on the line was our interior line. Um, I think Colin myself were chatting during the game. Dalton Reisner had a very very difficult evening. Um, Grant Glasgow also had his health issues. So I think you know apart from that big long touchdown run that Melvin had at the very end of the game. That was an area that we didn't do particularly well in. Um, but you know, this is something that we can we can improve on. It's the the season's very early. And and in fairness, if Teddy Bridgewater is throwing the ball so well and, and and he's got so many receivers involved, you know, the onus wasn't on running the ball. That will come in other games. You know, that's it, that's for this the Steelers, that's for the for the Ravens, those type of games. You know, you can air it out against the Giants. As I said, they were clearly flagging and Jacksonville don't have much of a defense, so you know we 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 can we can we can win in different ways now, which is good. Um, so yeah, I I think Melvin, you know, it was nice to get that that sheen at the end. But um, even today there was a report that there was sort of analysts were saying Javante Williams it won't be long before he takes Melvin Gordon's starting job. So you know <laughs> he ended up putting the the flourish at the end. But you know the NFL doesn't hang around waiting for 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 anybody for very long. You know it's called not for long for a reason. So Melvin is. Getting the plaudits on Sunday evening, but you know, according to some analysts, he may not be 
may not be the starting running back for much longer. You know, I mean, you draft a running back in the second round, it's kind of obvious uh, which way it's going. And I know Tyler Columbus, um, our friend from from before on 103 The Fan, is, is he cannot state often enough that Melvin Gordon will not be on that team next year. Um, so Javante is, is clearly been, been brought in to take his job. Let's see what happens. I know these um, boys mentioned Philip Lindsay there. Like, look, it's not the Philip Lindsay show or the Texans show, but it was great to see him get off to a good start in Houston. We, we wish him all the best. We wish Graham Glasgow all the best as well in that current situation. And Colin, before we look at the Jaguars, the London Jaguars, um, anybody else stand out for you last weekend? Bob Miller with two sacks. Was there anybody else stand out for you in the, on, the, on the game? Well, Vaughn, like, it, it's not just the sacks like they it it they are huge in the way in which they change games and they change momentum so that's just but that's one aspect of it but it's such a huge aspect of it i mean look arizona showed that like it, once you can get a couple of sacks the opposing qbs are are terrified but with Vaughn, he doesn't just bring sacks he brings everything else so it's sacks plus because a lot of times you'll hear oh you can't just look at at, at, at sacks if the numbers aren't good but with Vaughn, the numbers are good plus it's the the run defense um that he he brings uh with them uh there was a another there was a great photograph at one point uh, i think i sent it to you yesterday michael of two giants players tackling each other because they had both gone for Vaughn and he was so quick that he'd gone through uh, the middle of them. So it was great to, to see uh, Vaughn back and even LeBron James was uh, tweeting uh, how great it was to, to see him back during the game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Colm, I think as well, if you remember the, the very opening drive the Giants had, I, I can't remember, was it Fuller or Darby? One of them got burnt on a long ball from, from Jones uh, down the sideline. Um, and, you know, it looked like they could be getting a little bit of momentum. They tried an end around that they flipped to the wide receiver coming across the middle and Vaughn absolutely blew it up. Um, I think he, he knocked him back to maybe he said a, lo- a loss of eight yards. So, uh, yeah, in- incredible, incredible talent. Looking ahead to the weekend, the Broncos going up against Jacksonville. Two away games to start the season before a game in Denver next week. This Jaguars team, while they obviously draft Trevor Lawrence, go to Houston week one and get beaten by Houston, a team that has had such a rough summer. Uh, you know, per, on, on, on a personal note, I was delighted to see Philip Lindsay. I actually think Tyron Taylor deserved a chance in the league, so it was interesting to see that. But just how tides can turn, how the talk can turn about a team so quickly, lads. And now the Jaguars go into arguably a must-win game against the Broncos for them in Jacksonville. Uh, Colin, I'll start with you. You know, I've never felt as ex-expectant or potentially as confident going into a game. I feel, I feel almost scared saying that. But th- this is a, 
a huge opportunity for this team this weekend. Yeah, look, I think if the Jaguars had been playing anybody other than the Texans, they wouldn't have had that feel-good factor going into it. I think there were, the negativity around the Texans was such that certainly I expected the the Jags to to win it and probably, you know, had been kind of focusing too much on Jack Easterby and the Deshaun Watson situations and allowing that to cloud just how bad things are at, at the Texans. But take Jacksonville, like they gave up, 300 yards passing and 160 yards on the ground to the Texans. They are so bad that last night there were rumors that Urban Meyer might quit and go to USC. And people genuinely thought, yeah, that's that's a possibility. There are all sorts of stories coming out that he's rubbed players up the wrong way with his criticisms in the preseason that he went over the, the top. Obviously, look, there was the the disaster of bringing in, um, uh, you know, the the coach right right at the beginning of his tenure, um, who had all sorts of, of uh, issues, and that just shouldn't shouldn't have happened. But they also brought in Schottenheimer from the Seahawks, who Russell Wilson wanted rid of, and you saw Russell Wilson at the the weekend uh, enjoying himself. Whereas Schottenheimer has come in as the passing um, the game, passing coordinator. He's a guy who apparently when Trevor Lawrence was looking at uh, colleges, he was at Georgia and um, said, nah, they, Lawrence probably they could wasn't, you know, going to be the prospect others thought he was. So Lawrence ends up going to Clemson and now they have to work together. And to me, it kind of reminds uh, me a little bit of the situation with Adam Gase last year where he had his father-in-law and Greg Williams on the same staff, two guys involved in Bounty Gate. And how how are you expecting to go, those guys to work to, together um, every day? So the Jags are, you know, a franchise full of, of uh, problems. Um, and they had the, the Texans absolutely pull their pants down the other day. If it wasn't for the fact that they have Trevor Lawrence, that he is a generational talent at, at QB or has the potential to be at least, they, they're really, um, there wouldn't be any anything good to 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 say about them robinson in the backfield is very talented but they had drafted travis Etienne to reunite him with trevor lawrence so what does that say to an undrafted uh guy who got a thousand yards it's a little bit like the philip Lindsay situation you know he he feels hard done by understandably so to me, I, I get it. I can understand why you have those expectations. And I think as long as we show up, as long as we're professional, there we should absolutely be be winning this game. You're talking about, you know, giving up yardage to the Texans. Stuart, I just think that um, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams will just honestly eat this Jaguars turf up on Sunday. Yeah, they should. I mean, I... I... I watched the the highlights of the Jaguars Texan game. You know, let's you know, let's caveat it with it is early days. There are always crazy season, yeah, results in the opening day of the season. I didn't take my own advice and I was I was forced into betting on week one and it had absolutely catastrophic results, not from a financial point of view, but I think I got like four out of nine right. Um so you know, there, there may be a slight improvement from the Jags. Obviously they're uh, they're playing at home. Um, there might be a reaction. There's just not a huge deal of talent there. I mean, Travis Etienne is a good player. I could see why, you know, there was the um the connection between him and uh 
and uh, Trevor Lawrence, who is a superb player. But like you, myself and Colin were chatting earlier on, you, know, you kind of need you need a little bit of luck as a quarterback when you're drafted very early to, to as to where you end up. You know, I mean, Pat Mahomes was the exception because the Chiefs moved up so 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 much to get him, and he landed in a really good spot. He's obviously a great player as well, but. You know, the likes of David Carr ended up in terrible teams and got absolutely destroyed. You know, Zach Wilson, I think, was sacked six times as the most quarterback in 20 years or something like that. Um, you know, th- th- these these are good players. They're clearly good players. And yet, if you find yourself in a bad situation, it doesn't really matter how good you are. Um, if you don't have any time to throw the ball, you're not going to be able to, to, to complete passes. So I think looking at it the other day, I was kind of going... The Jaguars have a pretty good chance of actually having a number one pick in the draft next year as well if things keep going the way they are. And I'm genuine when they do. And I think Houston may give them a run for their money. There's some bad teams in the NFL, but like the Jaguars are awful. Um, and the Jaguars are so bad that they probably won't do what they need to do and draft an offensive tackle to protect the most important player. They'll probably draft another running back or a wide receiver. So, yeah, I mean, we should really be be putting these guys to the sword. I mean, I think... One of the things that occurred to me the other day, it looks like Vic Fangio is fully aware of the fact that he needs to go three and zero, given the the, the running games that we have after the first three. Um, you know, and they played like that. They, we played like that was week seventeen, and a, and a, and a wild card was on, uh, a wild card berth was on the line. Do you know what I mean? We didn't play like it was the opening week, so I'd expect us to show that same same kind of urgency. I'd expect us to be able to execute. You may get a slight reaction, as I said, from the Jaguars. They may not be as bad as they were against the Texans, but I would still expect the Broncos to be winning this game by 10 points and pretty comfortably. So, Colin, would you agree with what Stuart said? You know, these two games now are, are huge for the season and huge for Big Banjo. Yeah, I think, you know, the the fact that Wilson took six sacks is is a huge issue for for the jets as well for for week three and obviously becton going down there so you're kind of looking at these two together young teams i i think the, i think the jets have a much better head coach in robert sala certainly um but he, he they've had um a number of of really bad injuries but they have to do a better job of, of protecting wilson but yeah you're looking at them going yeah, these are these are both, you know, eminently winnable games. You really should be looking at at three and zero, oh, but you have to show up because you you know this. Um, th- we talked last year that the Jets being historically bad, and yet you know they they still won a a couple of games. So if you don't show up, if you don't show up tuned in, then. Yeah, they're all professional athletes. They're, the gap between these guys, you know, is minute. It it is being dialed in. It is concentration, and uh, so it's important that the the Broncos treat it seriously. That they don't think they've won it without doing um, the the job. But there should be enough experience in that uh, team to to know not to do that. Um, but I I do think look at this point. Yes, but you, sh- you should be looking at three three and oh, if we do our job. I think as well, Colm, another point is uh, road games with those early kickoffs for us are notoriously difficult. But if, if we're going to if we're going to sort of knock that, you know, this is you couldn't really ask for much better as a, as a road game early kickoff from the Jaguars because, you know, they, they don't have much. This is not early kickoff against the Steelers. This is not, you know, 
going to to Tampa Bay. This is this is the Jaguars. We we really should be winning this, and I think we will. I think we will. Yeah, I like you know, it, time will tell if Urban Myers on the sidelines on Sunday, but uh, Tony Khan is notorious for throwing money and stuff, um, and just trying to to flow and I guess paint over cracks. Uh, he's done a very good job with the AEW, but I can't see their side of accounts. So, you know, you you you'd have to wonder, boys, what's going on down there. Um, and there there is no doubt that a guy like Trevor Lawrence has got talent. We've seen that on Sunday in in splurts with some of the passes he was making, some of the plays he was making, but he still flew what like two or three picks. So I think that's going to be a massive hope for us on Sunday. Um, but you know, sure, just start me yourself. You know, you mentioned ten points there. Um, what's your score prediction for this Sunday and why? I would be confident that we'll be winning this 34-17, something in and around that. Yeah, I, I think we I think I think we, we can we can beat these guys by two touchdowns. You know, and I and I think to be honest, anything between ten and seventeen points is a is a reasonably comfortable performance, especially when you've got a defense as good as ours. I mean we I know if some people are going, oh, we shouldn't have given up a garbage time touchdown against the Giants. That stuff doesn't really bother me. It's what you do in the, the, the previous sort of 55 minutes that counts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think this will be, this will be, apart from the game against maybe the Jets, um, this should probably be our, our, our easiest game of the season, I think. Colin, what do you think? I'd be actually very similar to, to Stuart. I think we go over 30 points in this game uh, I, I would say 34 to even 37 yeah I would say the 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 or the the Jags will will they'll 17 seems seems uh reasonable for them because I do think Lawrence will continue to grow into the league yes there will be um picks but he is capable of making throws that you can't really defend against no matter how good you are and if he can if he throws the ball enough there will always be those throws and they have a couple of um playmakers you know on that team who are capable of getting open capable of making uh plays so i think they'll they'll score but i think i could see us definitely scoring uh 34 to, to 37 it you know the the this could be very similar to the the jets game in some ways last year um but we really should be be looking to you know spread uh spread it out get people involved you'd, you'd like to see Cortland sutton a little bit uh more involved obviously coming back off a, a serious injury um but i i'm excited about our, our two running backs as well in this game I'm going to go for something similar to Stuart, and I guess something similar to Colin. I'm going to go for 34-24. I think the Jags will put up some points, but I think as long as we can get a strong start, there's no reason why we can't pick up more points in the game. I do think the defense will be more of a factor. I think Lawrence will throw two or three picks again. And I'd like to see a pick six or two, uh, preferably one from Pat, Patrick Sertain III. But I just think our, I think our offense will be too much for this team. And if we do go 2-0, it, it'll be such a positive start to the season. And, and we can sit back this, this time next week and uh, and look ahead to the Jets boys. But uh, yeah, the game on Sunday, looking forward to a 6pm kickoff in Ireland. Um, any final thoughts, boys? Or are you happy enough? I, I think, you know, it, 
anytime um, that, you know, you you win and you're happy with both how your offense performed, your defense performed, and the fact that for the Broncos or special teams did did fine. We're not saying about any anything bad on, on special teams. You know it was a very good weekend. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, lads, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure shouting these off for a big win and a big game ahead. And um, looking forward to the game this weekend. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks to everybody listening on the Malhai Report. Please give us a review as well. If you can, retweet whatever on social media. Uh, and I'll chat to you lads next week after the game against the Jags. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. Go Broncos.